Hello everyone and welcome back to Latter Day Takes. So good to be back on today's episode. We have a special guest, Chase Hansen. Chase is a former safety slash linebacker for the University of Utah, as well as playing in the NFL on special teams and some linebacker for the New Orleans Saints for most of his career. Chase joins us to talk about his time in the NFL at the U of U, how the gospel kind of oriented some of his experiences as a player, and he shares those experiences, and they're really cool to hear and hear his perspective and and get a feel for what it was like for him in those situations. And Brian is also back with us on today's episode, so it's kind of fun to have these two athletes, former professional athletes, kind of talk about their experiences and get into that. We talk about the Tim Ballard situation a little bit. Um, we don't really go into a ton of details. I kind of give an overview because neither Brian nor Chase had heard about it, so I inform them, and then we kind of talk about it for a little bit. And then obviously we talk about the experiences that Chase and Brian had. We talk about people we can't be friends with. We talk about meditation. We talk about the gospel and anything else under the sun. Hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Hope you all are doing well. I'll still try and be more consistent for you moving forward. If you want to, you can catch this episode on YouTube. We are now putting episodes on YouTube moving forward from here. Hope this week is great. Hope you all have a great weekend coming up and enjoying the fall as much as I am already. Love you all. We'll catch you on the other side. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not mostly, drinking. Mostly. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the, the Mormons, Mormons were the correct answer. Because oh. God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right, welcome back to Latter-day Takes. Joining on the pod today, not only do we have Brian back, it's been a minute. I'm back. We got a former BYU football recruit, Chase Hansen, joining us today. What an intro. (laughs) Remember I told you I had something in mind already, but I wasn't going to tell you what it was. That's what it was. And I told you that in... In, in secrecy. I told you that in trust, and here you are using it against me. Well, hey, in confidence. Man. Unbelievable. In confidence. Hey, Thank you, Brian. We, we, we are a truth-telling podcast. We don't, <laughs> we don't deceive the people at all. Oh, good. Uh, good. In all seriousness, no, all seriousness, though, Chase Hansen joins us. Uh, I've been getting to know Chase a lot kind of over this past year. And it's been fun. We spent some time in St. George together recently. But Chase, what, what 
Chase brings to the table besides his jovial attitude and always down for whatever and just good presence overall. Chase, you've spent time in the NFL, and um, I want to hear more about that experience as we go along. We don't have to get into that right now. Um, you played at the University of Utah. Um, you, I mean, you were there four years, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. technically a little more than that if you count the, the little period I was there before my mission, but yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay, so I did the, the first question I actually have for you right out the gate for your time at University of Utah. So we already know that the, the like the Utah football coaching staff is very well known to be super racist. What's the most racist thing Kyle Whittingham has ever done? <laughs> wow. Unreal. So hot right so now. Twitch. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Actually, <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I don't doubt it. And I actually do have something to say. The reason why I bring that up is because obviously I'm joking. And like, there's been that whole thing. I talked to a, a friend of mine who is a black coach in football who had told me he personally reached out to, I don't want to mention his name, but one of the coaches on the Utah coaching staff that had that whole thing, the debacle happened. And he mm -hmm. was like, no, I just wanted to get an understanding. And like, honestly, like it's all good water under the bridge. Like he, he like, he's cool. Like he's a good dude. Like I, I've got no problems with him. He told me that out of his own volition actually. So I thought that was kind of cool. Anyway, just a little, yeah. little full circle yeah. there. I'm just a bitter BYU <laughs> fan, but couldn't help myself. Sure. <laughs> but sure. Let's talk about your experience though, man. What was it like playing at the U? Let's get into that a bit. I loved it. I loved it. I think you and I have talked about this a little bit here and there, but I loved playing at the U. I, I had kind of a funny experience just because I socially was in Provo all the time. Like my social life was in Provo. Like every, anytime I wanted to go be social, all my buddies, all my friends, a lot of my, my people were down that way. But in terms of football, I loved it. I loved the coaches. I loved the staff. I loved the team. And that's, I mean, that's the primary reason I went to Utah was for the football. And, you know, I got to have a lot of cool church experiences there too, talking to guys, teaching guys, baptized a teammate of mine. And um, it was awesome. I had a great experience. It was all good things. Football was a roller coaster and the ups and the downs and all that. But it was a, uh, it was a great experience and a positive experience for me in a lot of ways, but it wasn't, it mean, it wasn't all in Salt Lake, which is kind of funny to think back, think back on with the whole Provo Salt Lake thing, BYU, Utah. That is funny. And like, obviously, cause you had some friends that were down in Provo at BYU and things like that. And I mean, we did talk about this for a second. I remember thinking like Provo, Provo really does kind of have that college town feel and Salt Lake is definitely more kind of a metro area, and there's just a lot more going on, and it's a little bit harder to probably get that insulated feel, because that's what it is. A college town feel is just kind of insulated. They just kind of have their own little world that they live in, which makes it more fun in some ways for that time in your life, but in other ways, too. Like, it's not necessarily a real-world experience as well. But you mentioned you, met, you baptized a teammate. How did that go, man? Talk about that. Yeah, so my buddy Devante, Henry Cole, we call him DHC. We still talk and check in with each other, you know, quite often. He was a buddy of mine who we, we just had our lockers nearby each other. And, I mean, he, he he was inquisitive from day one. He was always asking about stuff, just like a lot of teammates were. You know, they're asking about garments. They're asking about temple. They're asking about your mission. They're curious. You know, guys come in from other places, and all of a sudden they're surrounded by, you know, former missionaries that they're playing with. And, he was one of those guys who was super curious about it. I think he was mostly super curious about it because 
every girl he dated was a member and he was always he said dude i'm like i'm like i'm only attracted to these these mormon girls he's like for some reason every time i meet a girl that i'm attracted to in utah she's mormon which i mean it, it sounds obvious but in salt lake there's plenty of girls up there that aren't yeah like, that's true these super churchy girls and he's like i just like they're the only ones that i want to date he's like i just like i would love to learn more about it so long story short he ended up dating a girl who's a member came and found me and basically said, I want to learn more about the church. I went and got the missionaries and we sat down and there were a couple of sit downs where it was me, Britton Covey and the missionaries and Devonte and his girlfriend. And so we had some really cool experiences up there at the Institute where we're just running through, you know, all his questions, you know, and, and, and there were a lot, you know, you can imagine this kid from Florida coming to Utah and learning about the church and considering being baptized. He had a lot of questions, but it was cool and ended up, having a really cool experience where he decided he wanted to be baptized and told me uh, he wanted me to baptize him. And I got to, and it was just, you know, creates kind of this special bond from there on out where we're still, we're still close and we're still buddies to this day. And yeah, it was, it was a really special and unique experience for me. Cause I, I, a part of the reason I wanted to go up there is because I was, there's so much of that little bubble here in Utah County that I grew up in. And I was like, I think it'd be cool to go somewhere where I'm meeting different people. I mean, it's still Utah, but I got to go have the, those kind of experiences, which were, which were cool and a blessing for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, I, I got a question. Was he religious before or was he just coming in kind of just like clean? Not slate, really. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he grew up with, I, I think a Christian background, but it wasn't any specific faith that he was. Yeah. And, 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 and in a lot of ways for, you know, being a former missionary, a lot of times that's a good thing because you're yep. not having to compete True. with, you know, all, well, Tradition. You know, well, I was told this and I was told this and I was told yeah. this, you know, he was more like, oh, this, this makes sense. And this feels right. And it just was, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I think that helped. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. that's immediately what I thought. I was like, okay, well, is he, is he that fresh, clean slate? Right. Is it, is it kind of just, you know, opening up to just religion in general so that's that's really cool uh yeah. it's funny that he's he, that he's from florida because i went to the opening night with florida coming in to to play utah but with our uh with my buddy and <laughs> when the utah dance team got out you should have seen the entire bench falling in love with all the utah mormon girls it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious we're all just sitting there you could see every single one of them like looking and then look at each other look at look at the girls look at each other I was dying. It was so funny. <laughs> the, the Florida so bench players were. Oh yeah, yeah. It was during a, it was during TV timeout or whatever. But yeah, all the you know the uh, all the players were obviously in their huddles, but all the backups were standing on the yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just got nothing, watching. <laughs> we got nothing better to do than ogle the the beautiful women. Uh, I guess. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Well, like yeah. that is kind of funny. Like I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong here, and maybe this is my bias, and that the bubble that I live in in Utah, but. I feel like we're kind of known to have like beautiful women in this state and maybe just beautiful people in general. Have you guys heard stuff like that? No, I feel like I have, but then, then when I bring it up to my buddies who are in like California or Texas, like, no, bro, you don't, you know, I think I feel like everyone kind of has their bias, but I feel like I've heard it quite often. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that too, but I don't know. I mean, I remember here when I lived in Texas for a while, uh, I remember they didn't necessarily say Utah, but they did say there was like one girl that went off on quote unquote Mormons. And she was like, why is every Mormon I know like gorgeous? And I was like, well, 
good question. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about it. <laughs> no, it was pretty funny, though, because she's like, it's just weird. And I actually think it, the simplest explanation is probably having to do with just kind of the the word of wisdom in a nutshell, right? That's that's like the Cliff Notes version where it's just kind of like we believe in just kind of taking care of our bodies a little bit more. With that said, though, and this is something a little bit of a tangent, I do think Utah struggles more with kind of the appearances thing and like plastic surgery. Like we see we see those billboards on I-15, like, like it's like every three billboards is something about like improving your body. I don't know. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? I think it's just in general. Yeah, I think it's just in general. But I mean, because you you drive up down the streets, you drive up and down the streets in Vegas the same way. Huh? I guess maybe this is the world we're living in. Maybe it's just the I-15 in general. I got an idea. I'm going to throw your guys' way actually, real quick. Is it possible that part of the subconscious issue that we have in Utah is that? We we believe that if you're living righteously, um, right, living living righteously on and off the field, magic happens, right. So, <laughs> sorry, I can't help myself. No, but if you're living righteously, is that a, is that, is that a direct quote, Harper? Yeah, that's a direct quote. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I think from that, God. That, yeah, <laughs> I was ringing a bell. Yeah, uh, no, at least in this in, in BYU receiving lore, he's a god at least. But anyway. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> um, just, just let let the record show. I'm a Utah fan. Okay, go. Yeah, Utes. we know. I dude. didn't know Whatever. that. Okay, I, I, I didn't know yeah, that. Okay, there we go. I felt okay. like I was. Just, so I every all these little like BYU things like it's like, okay, Harper, we get it. You're you you're you're a BYU fan. See, I didn't know that. Go it's why? Good to know. It's good to know. He's a, I wouldn't even say he's like. <laughs> he's not even I'm, like I'm, a. a Real, I'm an adopted. Like Utah. Yeah, he's an adopt. It's all bogus, dude. It's all freaking bogus. His brother, however, is a huge BYU fan. That's on the record. That's also lies. That's on the record as, <laughs> as lies as well. <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, so what Most I was saying, quote though, from him. Yeah, that's actually probably true. <laughs> that and another one that I'm thinking of in Toronto. But anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so before I was rudely interrupted what I was talking about was that we believe if you're living a righteous life, like blessings will be manifest in a physical form. A lot of times, like not necessarily like it's pound for pound. It's like, if I do this, then I will get this. But we believe that if you're living righteously, like your life will work out for the better. And a lot of times that's manifest through success, right? It's like you, you look like you're a successful person. You may have a lot of money. You have a nice house, nice cars, happy family. You may even look good physically, and I wonder if that has to do with it where it's like people are trying to put the cart before the horse in Utah because they feel pressure to have the appearances of looking good because therefore it must mean that they're living a better life internally. I don't know. Is that crazy? That's just one hypothesis I have. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what to compare it to because I to, to the last point, to Brian's point, I don't know if it's strictly a Utah thing. A part of me feels like it's also just a – Maybe a twenty twenty three thing, but I don't know. Could be. I do. No, I, I do I, know. I do believe the fact that the Holy Ghost, that the Spirit does add physical beauty to your form. I think it's like a Parley P. Pratt quote or something like that, where he says something along the lines of, like, it. You know when you talk about like, oh, they're glowing or like they have the Spirit or whatever. Yeah. 
and sometimes it comes off kind of cheesy or corny, but I honestly feel like that's, I, I feel like it's, it's valid. Obviously, it's going in a completely different direction of what you were talking about, where people are trying to fix their physical form first. But I do think there's no, something to no, say it's, about it's people that together, are like, that have the spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. And I actually think it's tied together ultimately because it along the lines of what I'm saying is, it, to your point, if you have the Holy Ghost in your life, like you have kind of this nice physical presence. I actually, I do agree with that. I, I've, I feel like I've seen that before where it's like something about that person, like they just have this attractive personality and they even look more attractive. But, mm-hmm. but it's like people are trying to shortcut to get to that. You know, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what, what I'm talking about. I get and, what you're and saying. Like I said, I, I don't mean to be coming off hard on, on my fellow Utah citizens here. I love this place. I love, I love the people of Utah. I don't, I'm not one of those that's like ashamed even a little bit to, to live in Utah. I just know we have our quirks and it's an interesting sure. culture here that is worth pointing out and trying to be objective about. And I'm sure I fall, uh, bias in many ways for better or for worse, but just something that I had in mind. Um, super unique for sure. There's, yeah. I mean, you, you talk to people who come from outside of Utah and come here that there's not many, I mean, it's obviously very unique in a lot of ways. I will say yeah. to take that a little, just one step further too, though, even the people I'll say in this situation, girls that I've met outside of Utah that have their own faith, that are these, you know, rock solid girls that have a lot going from like they're really kind, good hearted. I feel like they have that same glow. I don't think it's strictly like, a member of the church of Jesus Christ thing. When, when we talk about, it, I think totally it also agree. goes to just saying like, when you meet someone who's just like a good hearted, kind, loving, warm person, I think it can be that same thing. So when you go to other places where they're just like full of love and kindness, I think it's a yeah. similar glow as hopefully what people see when they come here and meet a lot of people as well. I would totally well, it's just, agree with it's, that. It's, it's the spirit of Christ, right? Like everybody has the spirit of Christ. In right. Them, so, and that, that's what it comes down to. And I think it also comes like the attraction and things like that is just being like-minded and having the same values and things like that, right? Like that all kind of coincides together where it's like, okay, yeah, like, well, there's a lot more than just the exterior. There's that personality. There's the, you know, the the mindset and all all, all, all of that stuff that, that kind of coincides. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of Utah, the I kind of referenced this right before we started recording. I don't think either of you have really heard about it. Maybe Brian did. I can't remember. But you know Tim Ballard. You know the Operation Underground Railroad. You know Sound of Freedom, the movie that just came out. Did have you? Did you guys see it? Mm-hmm. I did. Did you see Brian? Oh, Brian, I you're did. missing out, man. It's a really good movie. Uh, Jim Caviezel. I'm waiting for it to come out. Killed it. Yeah, heavy, heavy, but heavy. awesome. Yeah. yeah, really, really well done. And it's exciting to see. I think it's made like over $180 million. Yeah, and it's awesome. Which is great because that means, because Angel Studios owns it, from what I understand. And that means Angel Studios is then going to be able to take a bunch of that money and repurpose it and make more awesome movies, would be my guess. So I'm excited hmm. to see that because Angel Studios is the same one that did The Chosen, right? Yeah. And yeah, so, they killed that too. Exactly. And they, they just, yeah. they're clearly doing something right. So The Chosen and then Sound of Freedom. And like hopefully what this means is that they can start picking apart some really religious actors in Hollywood that haven't come out of the religious closet, so to speak, yet. 
and get some amazing talent to work with them and like just to completely abandon Hollywood altogether. It'd be interesting to see what that what comes of that. But to get a little bit, you know, darker along those lines. So there's recent news that came out about Tim Ballard. Uh, apparently, like within the last couple of weeks, like Vice, within like the last week and a half, Vice released this article that talks about like how Operation Underground Railroad cut ties with him. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints cut ties with him. They had, so Vice reached out. When, when a media, when the media approaches the church to get some sort of statement, that's the only time the church will make a statement. So when they were approached about the Tim Ballard situation, they made a statement. Otherwise, there wasn't any like big statement. And the church basically said, we kind of denounce any relationship that he's claimed to have had with M. Russell Ballard, which they're not related. And, and Tim Ballard apparently has never said that. But apparently he's like made overtures that they've got this really good relationship and that for that reason he would use his name to get like people to join in on the cause, maybe donate money and other things like that. Lean into the church and kind of their support as well. It gets a little bit weird. It talks about like how he talked with a psychic about Nephi and how Nephi would give him information about like where he needed to go for certain I can't remember exactly. Um, the article got very weird. Um, I don't know what to believe. I'll tell you right now, there's no way I'm accepting Vice's article wholesale. There's no way. I've seen enough bogus stuff written in mainstream media that I'm not buying it all. However, the church did scrub their site from uh, of Tim Ballard's Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, they had like a uh, reference to it. And that's not there anymore. And the statement they made, apparently, on Tim Ballard was also real. And it seems to mean that they have, like, severed some ties with him. And furthermore, since that article came out initially, there's been another follow-up saying that Tim Ballard's been accused of, like, of all things, some type of, I don't know if it was full-on assault, but it was, like, sexual harassment type stuff. Like, seven women have come forward about it. Ugly, ugly stuff all of a sudden coming crazy. out on Tim, right? That's crazy. Maybe there's not a lot to discuss there, but well, I, I think what would be really sad is if people connected Tim Bow, like it, like let's let's say that, that it's all true, especially the assault stuff. I think it would be really sad if that affected the work that is being done, yeah, in the child, you know, trafficking world because. Or, or, or I don't know. It just it it makes it'll probably make a lot of people skeptical and start questioning not only him obviously, but what he has been trying to represent and stop and combat. Which, I mean, that would that would be, be that related, would be right? Yeah, you hope they that people be. can compartmentalize. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's I think it's possible that two things can be true at once. Like you're saying, like what he's doing is a very good thing still but maybe how he's going about doing it is a little bit less than stellar, maybe even ugly in some ways. But I think one thing that people aren't really talking a lot about is that for somebody to do what he does, which is freaking orchestrate these crazy sting operations where he's taking tons of people to foreign countries to, uh, to deal with these traffickers that have children that they're selling out specifically for sexual things, which is 
absolutely awful. And he's he's orchestrating this whole thing and getting these guys in prison and like capturing them, freeing these children in the process. In order to do all of that, unfortunately, I think it takes somebody who might be a little bit like not crazy necessarily, but like a different type of person is my point. And these are the type of people that maybe they maybe their weaknesses come downstream from that and they they start to believe in their own their own power so to speak and like what they're doing and they start to view themselves as like putting themselves on a pedestal and for that reason they then kind of like lose like they don't have a good grasp on exactly what their humility should be i mean it's kind of like king david in some in some respects right like his fall from grace is kind of somewhat similar perhaps like not only did he not leave the roof when Bathsheba was was uh, out in the open and exposed, he then went to have an affair with her and then furthermore essentially killed her husband. And this was the guy that like saved Israel years prior. So anyway, it's it's just we see all sorts of King David stories and it doesn't take away from the fact that King David still slew Goliath. I mean, that's what Tim Ballard did and we can acknowledge that still. But the fact that maybe some of this is true is really sad, but it still doesn't take away any of his efforts, and it doesn't mean Operation Underground Railroad isn't still a good movement. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard because I don't, I know nothing about, I mean, this is the first I'm hearing of it, so I feel like yeah. I would have to, I, I think step one is, you know, what's true and what's not true and what's accurate and what's false. And I think step two is, okay, well, let's make sure that the good that's being done continues to be done and recognize that it's a lot bigger than one guy because he's obviously been the you know kind right, of main focus of it he is yeah. the face yeah, yeah. And, and and there's always there's always the face is always going to be the target of naysayers and things like that i mean you look at any movement right malcolm x uh martin luther king martin luther right like you can go back throughout history you know all the way through and it's just you're always going to have that face that's going to be, you know, ridiculed and 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 attacked on on one side or the other. So right, yeah, right. fair enough. Um, all right, well, let's maybe change this to a little bit of a lighter tone. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I will say this also real quick to tie a bow on it. Tim Ballard has come out and denied everything. He said the Vice article was completely fabricated. I don't know if he's had a response since the sexual misconduct stuff has come out, but I know that the initial Vice News article, he came out and just said it's all wrong. So take that for what it's worth. Anyway. Mm. Um, I, I got a question for Chase. Uh, if we're going to. Yeah, we're going so back to Chase. You, I want to talk more about yeah. his sporting experience. We, like, we, we, we talked about your uh, your one teammate that you were able to baptize. Uh, do you have any other teammates that were baptized or that you were kind of had that missionary experience with? Whether it was at uh, University of Utah or or in the NFL, uh, not baptized. Devontae was the one that I got the opportunity to baptize, and mm-hmm. there were, but I would, I would almost, I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but I would say on a weekly basis in both college and the NFL, I'm having church conversations in the locker room, and I, I think it's for a couple of reasons, but I also just. I love having those conversations. I mean, I, I like having those conversations with anybody and everybody. I think faith and the concept of faith, even at my, maybe times in my life where I haven't just been like, you know, as solid in my own faith as maybe other times, 
I'm like, I'm fascinated by what people believe, why they believe it. Like what gets someone to that point of believing their faith? Is it how they're brought up? Is it their culture? Is it, you know, whatever it is. And so I've been able to have a lot of really cool conversations about faith in and out of locker rooms with, you know, guys in my life. I think in part because it's something that I'm passionate about and I'm passionate about, you know, why people believe what they do as well as sharing what I believe. And so a lot of cool experiences, you know, the, the classic garment experiences in the locker rooms where guys want to know what garments are. And then I got to find a way to explain to them what garments are, you know, and, you know, the temple and my mission and all these different things that are, because if you think about it, we're weird. Like as a church, we are so <laughs> unique, man. And I like, I fully embrace it. I love it. And yeah. I, I'm fully aware, like, I get, you know, why you think we're cold. I get why you think we're weird. I get why you think like this is so different. And it's a part of the reason that I love it because the reality is it's either like all true or it's all a lie. Like there's, it's kind of the, it's kind of the way my mind works is a little bit more black and white. And so, I mean, it's fun to have those conversations because I like being challenged. I like to think that I'm pretty open-minded, but I'd also don't want to be a part of something just because it's how I was raised. I want to, I like being challenged and challenging other guys and having the open conversations. And I think where it gets tricky now is sometimes it's hard to have those conversations because it feels like there's certain things you can and can't talk about or should or shouldn't talk about or whatnot. But the times where I'm able to have super open and honest conversations throughout my football journey has been a lot, really cool. A lot of fun. Were there any that surprised you like in a locker room or anything where like this player being like, wow, I did not think you would take an interest in any of this, but here we are talking about my faith, your faith, whatever else. A lot. Yeah. yeah. There were, there were a lot that surprised me. There was one day, I don't know if you guys know who Marcus Davenport is, but he's this big giant stud of a defensive end in the NFL. And he's one of the freakiest athletes I've ever been around. He's, he had a hard time, he's had a hard time staying healthy for a long time, but like when he was healthy, he was one of the scariest human beings I've ever, ever seen. And one day during practice, someone was talking to me or like right before practice, someone was talking to me about, about my mission where I served. Taysom and I both served in Australia. And so we're talking a little bit about that. And Marcus comes up to me and goes, Hey, you know, I'm Mormon, right? I was like, what? And he goes, he goes, yeah. He's like, yeah, my mom, my mom got baptized when I was like 12 and I got baptized. And he starts talking to me about the fact that he's a member of the church and, you know, we talked about it a bunch of times after that, and he liked talking about it. He's like, he's this quiet guy, heart of gold, best dude, loved anime, like kind of like a gamer nerd dude, but a crazy good football player. And then we would have these conversations about faith and philosophy. And, he, you know, he's a reader. And we, we just we just had a lot of really cool conversations that I never would have ever suspected before. And it just and it was like on the middle of the practice field. I'm like, I there's no way I would have ever suspected that. So that's one for sure. That's, that's awesome. funny. Yeah, he yeah. he got yeah. baptized. <laughs> Wait, he so did. You as, didn't... as a kid, and then yeah, yeah life happened. I actually there was a there was this girl I was talking to recently, kind of like similar situation. She was telling about her upbringing, like very unique story. Like had like I think she said she no joke had like sixteen siblings. Um, hmm. Has a twin sister. Uh, her mom raised her and a bunch of her siblings for mo- like a lot of her childhood, but then she, she they, not all the siblings shared the same father. So there's that aspect, which kind of like clarifies some of that. But 
she didn't realize it, but they, she and her sister had gotten baptized when they were like 10 years old because their hmm. mom got baptized. And then it wasn't until like they were 16 or 17 when they started having friends. They grew up in Southern California that were inviting them to like seminary and other events like that tied to the church. And they were like, this, this seems familiar. And then one time they went to church and this older lady came up to them and she's like, I don't think you remember me, but I went to your baptism. And they're like, what are you talking about? They're like, you guys got baptized in this building. I was there. I remember you two cute little twin girls that got baptized. And these girls pop. Like you would, I could see that why this woman would recognize them. And after that, they're like, so they went through and searched through it. And they like had records in the church. And anyway, so it's kind of funny how that all came about. And then (laughs) eventually ended up moving to Utah and all that stuff. But kind of crazy story there. Um, Where'd you serve in Australia? Brisbane. So north northeast Australia. And where was Taysom? Taysom was Sydney, I think. Okay. Pretty sure he was Sydney. So just to clarify for anybody listening, um that's Taysom Hill who Chase played with I'm not I'm not listen, I'm not going where you think I'm going, Brian. I freaking love Taysom Hill. <laughs> My fantasy football team name may or may not be gay sum for Taysom. But regardless oh, <laughs> It's creative. Yeah. Yeah, and you. there I, it is. <laughs> yeah. I thought of that, by the way. That is an original. I, I believe I'm it. the first person. <laughs> Dang it. You know what? That was like kind of insulting. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying oh, you're, that's great. you're a creative oh, you guy. That I one. didn't mean yes, it like 100%. that. I'm not. Yes. Sh- no, no. Stand by it. Stand by it. I support you. I support you, Chase. Stand by it. If you did mean it, that would have been honestly like one of the best insults in that scenario. Like I thought of it on my own and then someone would be like, I don't doubt it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my words here because I'm not trying to play that off as an insult. I'm just saying. Uh. For Creative. sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, Creative exactly. guy, yeah. To each their own. Appreciate it, man. Uh, sure, sure. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I wasn't going sure. there. That's Taysom Hill, quarterback at BYU, uh, and then played at this. Still on the Saints. Uh, played a lot with Chase. Obviously on the Saints on the roster. They're the ones that were having the conversation with. Uh, what was his first name Davenport? Uh, oh, Marcus. Mark, yeah, Marcus Davenport. So just yeah. to kind of clarify that. Um, that's funny. So you said that he, Mark Marcus was into anime and things like that. I always find it, I always found it like very interesting just to see all of the different interests with my teammates as well. Like I had some buddies that were like extremely into anime, same thing. Like, but I found teammates also that were into wrestling or, or, you know, super gamers or whatever it was like just these obscure things that I don't think like normal fans understand that like, there's a lot of nerds. There's a lot of like just different individuals when it comes to, you know, being athletes in general, right? Like we have, we have to, we have to find things to do on, in our, in our off time of not training and things like that, or, you know, the downtime, uh, it's just, it, it's always funny to, to hear about the other interests of, of, of teammates. Yeah. Who's the biggest nerds you guys played with, but like that, that people might know of. Like they have to have like a name that maybe somebody would recognize, but also oh. have to have that nerd level be super high. I got mine. I got mine. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Chase. <laughs> I'm going to say my buddy, Caden Ellis, who his dad, Luther Ellis played for Utah. For those of you who don't know the name, he played with me in new Orleans and he actually just signed a big old fat contract in Atlanta with the Falcons. He's a linebacker. And he, you talk about, someone who glows because of their spirit 
and their faith and their kind good heartedness he is like the very top of that list he's not not a member of the church but just like the most rock solid probably one of the best hearted dudes i've ever met in my life but the biggest nerd we were roommates at at fall camp in new orleans my first year there and every single day every single night he's like dude let's watch anime like let's watch anime i'm like kid i do not want to watch anime he's over on his phone (laughs) watching it watching it by himself we're riding on the buses to games anime anime on the flights to games away from games anime anime like it is constant he knows his anime knowledge and his gamer knowledge and his movie knowledge is unmatched he has like 14 siblings or something like that his parents adopted a bunch of kids like the best people rock solid and just a beast like a freak football player too so he's probably the like the epitome of you watch this guy on film or on the field and you're like what a freak athlete like what a machine and then you see him off the field and you're like no way like what (laughs) who is this kid but also like in, in the best way possible one of the best Best guys out there. I'm not judging it. the guy, but I don't think I will ever understand the appeal of anime. I didn't even like it when I was a kid. No, me, me either. And I've told him that time. You guys time, never time watched again. Pokemon? Never. I did. I did watch I Pokemon, did. Power Rangers. That's a I lot did. of the same stuff. I also have this theory, though. It's not even a theory at this point. I feel like everybody I know who watches anime are some of my favorite people. I don't know why, and I don't know what it is, but and, and I'll never watch it. Like I just never will. But I continue to meet people who will tell me they watch anime, and I'm like, I had no idea you watched anime. But like, you now fit in this category of people that I didn't know watch anime, but you're awesome. Like, uh, yeah, it, I, there needs to be a scientific study done on the people who watch anime and like where they fit in the. I, I don't even. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't there, even know what the study is. There are I definitely some, some common common good threads. people. The yeah, yeah. Spectrum there of are... goodness and kindness. Yeah. <laughs> there are common threads among those people. There's no question. There about that. are. There are. There really are. So that's, that's mine. Awesome. He's he's awesome. So, so mine is uh, Lucas G. Lito, uh, starting pitcher for now the uh, L.A. Angels. Uh, he was with he was with uh, he was in Chicago. He got traded from from uh, Washington, where I played with him in minor league baseball. Uh, went to Chicago White Sox, and then just got traded uh, at the All Star break for uh, a handful of players, and they went over there. Uh, but yeah, same thing. He is the ultimate gamer, right? He will he just always always on his. Uh, I think he's on the PlayStation, or actually no, he's a computer guy now. He went over to the computer stuff and does all that stuff. Plays mm-hmm. Rocket League. I just like, dude, non-stop though with him. Like anytime he's like not at the field or whatever, if he's back at his place, he's gaming. Hundred percent every day. That that computer Lucas, Lucas, yeah, Lucas Giolito. Computer right. gaming Sorry. is another is another level of of nerding out. Like when, right. like there's gaming and then oh, there's yeah. shows yeah. and then there's computer gaming. I feel like that's when you reach the upper nerd level. Yes. Nothing wrong with <laughs> great guys. No, no, no. nothing great, wrong. With great them. guys, hundred percent. Right? I love like, nerds, great, man. They're dude. some of my favorite people in the world. And and I'm I'm a nerd as well, right? Like when it comes to Star Wars stuff, like anything like Star Wars, I'm on it. I've watched all the cartoons of it, right? Like Star Wars Rebels. Star. I watched the Star Wars Lego stuff. You're a big right? Star like, Wars guy. Like, I didn't even oh, know that. Oh, oh, big Star Wars guy, bro. Oh yeah. All so, all of the new stuff on Disney Plus with with uh, Ahsoka Tano, like all that stuff, like Mandalorian. Well, you're already saying names you, you, I don't we, recognize, but 
bro, you start <laughs> talking Star Wars. I, I'm a self-proclaimed nerd as well, but like there's, there's different tiers of this, right? Like it's like, but Lucas hundred percent any day of the week, if there's a nerd that everybody knew, like that everybody should know, like baseball fans, things like that. Like, yeah, he's, he's the guy. So I played with some other guys that were probably bigger, but just more minor league guys and things like that. So, but yeah, great, great people, right? Like I they, absolutely love Lucas. Like he's just, he's just a big, like he's dude, the dude's six, eight, like two fifty, two sixty, just a massive human being on, on the mound, right-handed pitcher throws flames, you know, dominant was, was in the running for the Cy Young last year with Chicago, you know, like, oh, but again, like people don't realize like that we're all just people as athletes. And I think that's what the funniest part is, is understanding what's going on behind behind the scenes, in the locker room, behind closed doors, you know, on the road, you know. So it's just crazy. So <clears throat> what's, the best the nerdiest thing? what's the nerdiest thing yeah. about you, Chase? The nerdiest thing about me? It's a good question. I don't know. Oh. Give me give me give me some time with it. The thing okay. is, I feel like the reason I love nerds is because they're I feel like nerds are like passionate people. Like when you talk to them about anime, like they go into another zone of passion that other people don't get into. And for me, I feel like I'm a very easily excitable person and I like being around people that are that way too. And I feel like that's why when I talk to nerds, I'm like, dude, I could talk to you all day. Like I don't I'll, I'll never watch anime, but I think that's why I, like I click with nerds. In terms of the nerdiest things about me, hmm. I don't know. I know I have a lot. I feel like I have, I got plenty of that stuff, but I don't have like a, like a go-to like Star Wars, anime, you know, that set stuff specifically. Give me, give me some, come, come back to me on that one. I don't really either. (laughs) Like I'm trying to think, I would maybe say like, I don't, I don't even know about myself. I'll have to think about that too. I mean, I'm pretty nerdy about going to the gym regularly. I'm a, that's I'm a dumb. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing. I'm pretty nerdy like, about like, growing. What about, a, your what about like your biggest what about like BYU sports? I'm I'm that's, pretty nerdy. Oh, at, sure. Are you about, a, are you a nerd when it comes to BYU sports? Um, oh, big time. Yeah, okay. big time. I'm pretty oh, nerdy you know. about the gospel and reading oh, the Book of Mormon. Gosh, there it is. Wow, <laughs> you're such a good person Jeez. with your gym you are, and your gospel. You are on you are on this pedestal right now. Anyway. Stay safe up there. I I'm feel like I'm listening guys... to that interview where Michael Scott has yeah. to tell what's his name, like what his biggest, biggest weaknesses are. I don't remember what they are, but I know they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a perfectionist. That's my yeah. biggest weakness. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I just, I love, listen, I'm, I nerd out on muscle growth and just <laughs> trying, to, trying to better myself every day. <laughs> That's not bad. Okay. I, actually, I, I have one. I love documentaries like i love documentaries like on a daily basis i'm wa- watching a new documentary on a daily basis on a daily basis i'm probably right, watching give us a some new recent documentary. ones you've seen man let's hear this okay one recently that was actually really heavy was scouts honor i don't know if you've heard about it but it's about the boy scouts of america i did hear about it i haven't Ooh. seen it heavy I heard about it i've, heavy. I've been wanting we could to go I've into a whole yeah we could go into a whole hour on that one that one's heavy um Another one is called Live to 100. It's basically a documentary about the most concentrated places in, on the earth where there are a ton of people that live to be 100. And this guy goes to these places in like Japan and Italy 
and evaluates why are there so many people here that live way longer than everyone else in the world. And it's fascinating because I kind of nerd out on health and wellness stuff too. Like I have a, a pretty big hippie side. Like I love meditation. I love like super clean eating. There was a phase where I was like vegetarian and I just like, I'm passionate about like kind of the health net. Do you meditate every day? I do. Yeah, I do. How long do you do it for? I do it for 10 minutes. Today I went to this, uh, this wellness spa and did like cold tub, hot tub contrast therapy and did some breath work. So I love it. I like that stuff a lot. I should do that more. I should meditate, honestly. I tell myself that all the time, and 10 minutes is a long time. But as you get used to it, I hear it kind of like those things kind of go by quickly as the yeah. more and more you do it. Yeah. Honestly, it's and, been a huge blessing for me. Yeah? And when you meditate, yeah. do you, are you just like – are you? what do you think of when you meditate? So I – when I started, I just used the call map, and I would just do like their daily meditation. And it's this 10-minute guided meditation where the lady walks you through basically like, okay, today we're going to focus just on our breath. Like count in and then out, in, out. Like you're just focusing on your breath. And anytime you f- find that your thoughts kind of carry away, because I'm a big-time overthinker and I'm constantly like thinking about something, then there's like this – it's kind of like the way that she guides you through it is, okay, if your thoughts have kind of wandered off, acknowledge your thoughts. Like, don't judge the thoughts. Don't even think about the thought. Just come back to the breath and focus mm-hmm. on the breath. So it's more just finding a way to be as fully and completely present as possible. And I would say that's probably the other thing. I would say documentaries. I just really like documentaries. And the health, wellness, and wellness world and a little bit of the hippie stuff too. I want to get into that in a second because um, I actually had a question about that with for you. But um, before we do, I wanted to ask, what do you think the biggest change on meditation you've seen? Like when you've incorporated it into your life, what do you think it's helped you with the most? Ooh, good question. Really good question. I would say for me, it's allowed me, and this is kind of a kind of a basic answer. But it really has helped me to be way more present in my daily moments. I'm such an overthinker. Like I'm constantly thinking and I'm constantly like, okay, hey, I need to be doing something else or I need to be like solving a problem or I need to be thinking about what I did in the past or the future. Like that's just kind of how my brain works. And I'm spacey too to the point where like my mind will immediately go to something else. And so it's just allowed me to be a lot more present in each moment and not let my thoughts kind of determine my momentarily experiences, but rather I can just be present a lot better. Not, not perfectly. Like I still, that's like, I think it's going to be a lifetime pursuit, but I think it's just help with that. And then real quick. How long ago did you start this? Sorry. uh, I started it when I, right out of college, I had some really bad back surgeries that really kind of messed things up and was a pretty tough time. And I, it kind of took me back to my mission where I was like, I need to start having these spiritual experiences in the morning and I need to find a way to get back to like a better, healthier mental state. Cause I just kind of wasn't after my back surgeries. I didn't, it's kind of been a funk. And my brother, my oldest brother told me about, he's, he's been meditating for years and he's had his stuff and it's just helped him a ton. And so I gave it a shot. And before that, I wasn't really into that world and it kind of took me down this life spiral rabbit hole of meditation 
health, wellness world, all of that. Yeah. So it's, it, I haven't been that, consistent for that long, but that's when I started. Yeah. I, I, I started meditating when I was dealing with all my on-field anxiety as well. Like I had mm-hmm. to, because I was, I was worrying about so many other things besides like executing the pitch that I was on. Right. I was worried about the hitter that I walked to two batters before, or I was, you know, Oh, I need to, I need to have a shutdown inning here, you know, because I got two guys on, I can't let them score. Cause otherwise my ERA is going to spike and the dead that right. All this other shit right. that I was like, I like, I have to do something. And I locked in to it probably 2014 ish. I finally like really like narrowed in, like I need to do this mm-hmm. and like the on field breathing, like that's, that's huge. Like what, like coming set, like clearing that mind and like visualizing all that stuff. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was a game changer for me, at least. I mean, that my, from 2014 to 2016, 2017, it was just like anything. Here you go. Like I, I got this. It, it's, yeah. it's crazy how much that like breath and like that focus and that, that mental workout, right? Like everybody always talks about, you know, you got to go, you know, train and do everything, right? You got to, you got to have your body be ready to be able to put up with, in my case, 142 games, 162 in the big leagues. Um, but, you know, 17 weeks of, of football, right? Like, and, and OTAs and all that, all that training camp and everything that you have to put in. Um, <clears throat> but that mental workout is, is just as important, which is, you know, again, people don't, don't realize, you know, that we, we put, we're, we're all human and we put, we put just as much pressure on ourselves as, as, you know, they're, as fans think that they're putting on us, you know? Totally. No, I, I, yeah, I love it. I, I, I could talk about this one all day. I love this stuff. Yeah. Um, going back to the documentary thing real quick. I, I wanted to say, I've been watching a documentary. It's a series. It's on the, uh, September 11th. It's hmm. on Hulu and it's like six or seven episodes. My goodness. It is riveting. Like there's really? like a lot of crazy stories that people are sharing about their experiences and it has, the footage is incredible. So just wanted to. Is it a conspiracy thing or is it more no. just like what happened? And what happened that day? Individual like experiences. Gotcha. Specifically like what took place that day and like the timeline. Yeah. It really does the timeline very well. Like what had happened to the lead up to like the first building collapsing and then the second building. And like like it has a couple people that were in some of the buildings that had collapsed mm. and things like that. Like it's it's pretty wild, but that is wild. Anyway, um, all right, let's settle this debate once and for all. Who has it harder uh, in a season, a baseball player or a football player? I'll give you two the floor. Good question. <laughs> should should we make the case for the other person? That's a good. That, that's a good. That's question. good. Actually, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I think all if right. you're talking mentally. And socially, I guess is the word I would use. It's got to be baseball. The length of time. Baseball is, I don't know if we're just talking about the season, but on a yearly basis, the baseball schedule is outrageous. It's the craziest thing ever. Like, and it is the most mental game. Football, I feel like it's, there's kind of a beauty to football in the sense where you can kind of go out there and just stop thinking and like just go and cut it loose. And that's part of the reason I love it. Baseball, I feel like the pace and there's so much to it. I feel like if any sport needs meditation, it's baseball because the length of the season, <laughs> the 
the length of the game, like like just the whole process of baseball, it's crazy. It's why I couldn't play it anymore. I quit baseball like my junior year of high school because I was like, A, I got to pick one, baseball or football. And B, like I it, I can't it's sit here. I can't sit here with my thoughts this often all day every day. You're, so you're that would be a, argument for baseball being harder. You, you bring up a really good point that I've never thought of before. That everything, every other sport is very rhythmic. You can make that argument. Like football is rhythmic on the field. Like you have the in between plays, and then you have the play where it's like really intense. Uh, basketball, same thing. There's no rhythm to baseball. Like it really ah, is like. See, I, it, hold on, I, quick, I get what Brian. you're saying. I get what this you're isn't saying. an ahead, insult. This is not an insult. No, no, this is I like more I to say like because there there are certain positions on the field that aren't affected at all, and that can happen for right. eight plays in a row. And so then all of a sudden they've got something coming their way, and they're like, oh shoot! Like Bill Buckner, right? All of a sudden he's got Bill this grounder Buckner. coming towards him, and he's just like, uh. Like, like, and obviously it, it didn't work out for him, unfortunately, at that time. But that's my point is that, like, you, yeah. you kind of have to be on guard to not be on guard. But whereas football, it's like it's really hard to miss the action for most plays, especially if you're on defense. You can kind of make the action as much as you want to be involved. You just play to the whistle or whatever. Not to oversimplify things, obviously. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I'm I'm speaking from being a pitcher, right? Like there is a yeah, I can see that to it, right? Like sure. the yeah, that's the, the one position that right? controls yeah. that more for well, sure. That and the catcher, right? But yeah. Yeah. as a position player, like you could go an entire game without even having a ball hit you at all. Yeah, right? you could be just be sitting at your position and be like, okay, I haven't gotten a ball all day, mm-hmm. and just sitting there. Like let's say left field, right? Let's say nobody hit the ball to left field at all that day. Yeah, you know. So yeah. uh, no, I get that. I. The beat down of the body, right? Like, obviously, baseball's over five, six months of playing every single day and traveling and all that stuff, right? But the beat down that football brings to the body is just, like, I mean, every week there's an injury. And, and like, I just – that that's kind of my – more of the mind-blowing thing to me is, like, the physical nature of, of football – um, yeah, baseball is, is much more mental and, you know, it does beat down the body. Don't get me wrong. Like traveling cross country and things like that. I mean, minor league, minor leagues is no joke. I mean, you're, you're riding buses, you know, 14, 15 hours and overnight, and then you got to play, you know, a nine inning game. You got to be ready, you know? So, um, but yeah, it, every, every sport has their physical, nature their mental nature all that stuff and and you know body beat down as i would say but it uh football football and hockey i think are very similar obviously i in my own personal opinion i think hockey is by far the 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 toughest because they're playing an 80 game schedule basketball schedule and they're doing everything in football on skates and it's just like it's nuts to me so i mean lane hits and things like that and getting broken bones and it's just they're they're playing through everything they're they're honestly the most psychotic people i think i've ever met talking Dude, to hockey players good they're, one. they're that's a really good one to me yeah <laughs> so i've always i've like... always said if i wasn't if i didn't play football and i could go back and redo it and just play a sport it would either be hockey or tennis so it'd be one of those two but hockey is one of the one of those where i'm like man i would have loved to have been a hockey player but it's <laughs> like it's also just the nature of the beast it probably comes with a very similar 
Yeah. I mean, physical. And I, and I think I think basketball players would say that theirs is the hardest. Hockey players, that like whoever it is, right? They're going to say that theirs is by far the hardest. But I'm like, I mean, go run around a soccer field. All right, cool, dude. Hard, hard, <laughs> like, hard, hard <laughs> hardest in different ways too. Like, yeah, exactly. Like in right. terms of like Endurance developing of so- a skill soccer. and the yeah. time you have to devote to developing a skill in the off season, like baseball, basketball, soccer. Like that's all off season is you're going to have to develop a level of skill that you might not have to as much in football, where in football you have to get bigger, faster, stronger, and then physically just be able to hold up for a whole off season and to be able to deal with the pain. Like it's just kind of, they're, they're so different, but I would, I will say, I think every single sport benefits from this meditative state. I read a book called mindfulness for athletes a few years ago that a bunch of us linebackers read and it was awesome. Like it talks about the flow state and it talks about, you know, the benefits of being able to get into that flow state and how to get there and how you like you, it's been proven the way that you perform at in any sport significantly better when you are just fully, fully present and you're in that flow state. And that comes back to so much mental awareness and work and meditative overcoming the need to just like constantly be on my phone or like here or here or here, because then you get in a game and you're everywhere except for right there. So it's, it's interesting the way that those do crossover in my mind. And those flow states are unlike anything. Like that's like chasing a dragon, in my opinion, those, those flow states, because that's where you're literally like in, in the zone, there's zero thoughts going on in your, in your mind. There's like your mind is your mind is clear completely, in my opinion. And you just know what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Like putting like the catcher putting down the sign. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm doing. Okay, here we go. And it's just like nothing. Right. right. And, I, and I, I, I coach now and I talk to my players all the time. I'm like, hey, like you got to get into that state where you're just like mind clear, man, like clear it out. I said, you can't be thinking about other things. And like I things that I learned in pro ball, right. Things that I learned in college and all that stuff. Like I'm trying to impart that knowledge as, as quickly as possible to all these, all these young kids now. And I'm like, Hey, the, the sooner you can, you can find that. And the sooner you can, you can feel that like your, your whole life's going to change. Right. Because then now you you're able to bring it into other aspects and, and obviously all the, the positives that, that come from, from playing a sport as, as, as a youth. Um, but yeah, I'd like, I'm like constantly trying to, push that onto them be like hey like this isn't just about about your sport right this is about life man so Dude, get totally to meditate get them to get yeah. your get your high schoolers to meditate man that could man, really i'm be telling you beneficial yeah you we, we we start getting young kids to meditate i think there's a lot of problems they're going to be solved with you know well what's social media going to do to kids and what's right, tiktok yep. doing to kids you know there's this epidemic of loneliness because of social media and all these other things meditation and some of this breath work in my mind not to get you know, too far down this rabbit hole, but I think it could solve a lot of problems, especially for, and not just in sports. I think it carries over big time to kind of cheesy, but like a flow state in life where you're not having to hyper analyze every single decision, whether it's spiritual or social or whatever, you're just kind of confident in your present moment. So just there. that's I, me nerding out on that. No, dude, I, I love it. <laughs> I, love I, it I think, I think to your point, like, if if you're able to like regularly meditate and adopt that mindset, I think the desire to distract yourself through things like social media and especially for these kids, I don't even have a TikTok, but like 
those that are like constantly just going through scanning through videos and things like I'm not even a big Instagram reels guy. Like I get some sent to me um, from friends and things like that, but I don't really go through them on my own just because I, I, I don't meditate either, but I just have a hard time with this just like constant like stimulus. It's just hard mm -hmm. on me. But I think the kids that are used to that, if they were to adopt meditation, I feel like that desire might go down where they're like, this just, it doesn't feel good for the body or something. I don't know. Totally. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. I agree. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> He's chomping at the bit over there. I am, man. We yeah. can talk about this one all day. This yeah. stuff, this stuff gets me hyped oh, up, I and I hope it. one day I can, like, you know, be a part of something like that. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I want to ask real quick about one more thing, and then I kind of want to start the closeout. I want to do one segment with hopefully all of us participating, and then I want to get into a quick gospel talk, where because I know Chase. I mean, you and I talked about. Like we just like sat down, just we were at a table, just me and you in the morning one time, just talking about gospel topics and it was awesome. And mm -hmm. it was really cool to kind of get your perspective on things. And I just kind of want to do that again randomly. But before we do that, I wanted to ask real quick, you are working on something that sounds really cool. Uh, a mutual friend of ours is involved in this and that's why I'm kind of a little bit more familiar with it. But it's this product that you're putting together that's supposed to help athletes on the field specifically where it's not just a quick burst of energy it's like this longer sustained type of energy that keeps you focused and things like that tell us about that appreciate it harb this would be a nice little plug for of course so that's basically right. yeah i'll give I'll, I'll try to make this my elevator pitch basically in college, before games, they had beetroot force to take, which is really good for blood flow. And then the NFL in the locker rooms, they had things like five-hour energies, caffeine, that kind of stuff. I just kind of realized the point in my football career that there was nothing very specifically designed for athletes to take before a game or a practice. Like there were pre-workouts, there were stimulants, there was all this stuff kind of filled with junk. So me, Jason, my buddy Tanner, uh, we kind of teamed up and made this product that's basically an all natural, super clean product that allows an athlete to take it before they practice, play, compete, race, hike, whatever it is. Basically, it's like an ultra clean pr product that has things like, you know, red spinach and uh, rhodiola, which is a root and electrolytes and, you know, these different nootropics. And it's just like a super clean product that's designed for athletes to help athletes perform at their peak. And so it's it, it every ingredient that's in there is, you know, all natural from the earth. Every ingredient is scientifically backed. Every ingredient is, you know, very specifically in there to help an athlete in their endurance or with their energy, with their hydration, their focus. You know, it's kind of an all, you know, a, a product that's specifically designed for athletic performance with no caffeine no crazy stimulants or additives. So it's something that I really wanted to do post football because it's not something I had. And I felt like there was an opportunity to make a product for athletes and individuals to take something like that. That wasn't just like this. That's not going to affect their sleep because it has crazy amounts of caffeine or it's not going to affect their general health because it has all these additives in it, which I feel like I at times did. I kind of sacrificed my own health because I wanted stuff to help my performance and so the whole concept is we're making a product that improves performance in a lot of aspects, mentally, physically, and also improves health. Like you're not sacrificing your health. So that's the whole concept. We're going to have it end of this year, beginning of next year. And we're, we're pretty excited about it. We think there's a lot of good opportunity to get it out there and improve performance, improve health, 
kind of in the health and wellness world, but also in the performance world a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's probably I, I need to shorten my elevator pitch, but that's that's the hey, man. Yeah, practice makes it was it was a really tall building. It was. That's right. It was. A, it, was right. it was a tall building, and it's called. We're going to the penthouse. For those of oh. you who uh, who may hear this and want to know about it, O O M P H. Yeah, yeah. Jason told me he took one before your guys' hike last Saturday, which I was sad I missed, but um, it looked fun. And he was saying he just like, dude, never lost the energy. Was just like in the zone, just freaking going to Red Pine Lake. Yeah, there's there's good stuff in it, man. It sounds a little hippie because we got things like mushrooms and roots and red spinach in it not hallucinogenic mushrooms this is very clean stuff you know we maybe got this all certified say, <laughs> maybe you should try and pass it off as maybe. a, a hallucinogenic that might get some people that'll be the do. next product maybe <laughs> that's right hey, like you, you take one or the other and one makes you hallucinate the other doesn't but that's right the, the no it's, come it's from got some good stuff man. in it they do they do man they you know, do god god put them here for a reason right so it's that's, all it's that's all we need to be able to use them yeah not 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 being made in a factory, you know, being produced, you know, synthetically, all that crap. It's, you know, this is, this is what God put on, on the earth for, for our consumption. And, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's awesome. that you're kind of going into that because I, I know from my experience, like our night games, right. Seven, me performing in the back end of the bullpen, like we're going, we're, I'm, I'm on field at nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, you know, and I have the adrenaline rush. I have the, the caffeine going through the, through the veins, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm not going to bed till, you know, one or two in the morning. Right. Exactly. And then we got a day game the next day and I'm like, okay, well I'm dead tired because I had, you know, five hours of sleep and I have to be at the field at 10 a.m. Exactly. So, well, yeah. that's, man, we need, we need to record that little clip, put it on our <laughs> social media, let people know there's a solution to that problem because now you're going to be got a product that's going to improve the performance and then you're going to sleep the next night, the night of. Well, I wasn't even go. thinking of this, but now you guys can connect to your contacts and, and freaking get get oomph out on all all different uh, sporting events as there we possible. Go. Right? There we go. There you go, gotcha. dude. Brian Brian obviously got some contacts in the sports world. I have, oh, I have a few, sure. to say the least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So new the the next segment is my favorite, and I don't know if I told you about it, Chase, but I don't know if Brian came prepared for it either. I did, so at least I've got something. But we have this segment called people we can't be friends with <laughs> so i feel like i have to re-explain this every time <laughs> you've got some questions i can tell i'm stre- um, i'm stressing is what i am yeah after hearing the so title. this is not a hard and fast rule i say this a few times just to remind the listeners it does not actually mean i can't be friends with these people because if that's the case then I, like one of the ones that i did recently was life coaches under 30 and it was just merely pointing out that there's some people under 30 that take on this idea of life coaching and you're kind of like, but you haven't experienced life. So I don't get it. Um, <laughs> things like that. Uh, you know, when you're driving and like this type of driver, really somebody in the fast you. line, people with bad spatial awareness, like you're not actually not going to be friends with those people. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it's just more like annoyances, okay. grievances, okay. things like that. So if you can Pet think peeves. of something, yeah, pet peeves, so to speak. Pet peeves. Okay. A more creative spin on that, where it's like, you know what? I see that person. I could never be friends with that person. <laughs> okay. So got it. Uh, I've got one. Do you have one, Brian? Uh, I actually have a few. I have, I have a couple. You have a few. You you yeah, okay? I have a couple. All right. Because I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking more. You know, Chase has spent time in a locker room, so I'm like, okay, well, like, 
Oh, this is good. What can I do like with, with okay. a locker room? Like I got, that's good. Yeah, I, that's I'm good. Gonna, okay, I'll go yeah. first then, so that way you guys can kind of like we can segue into that, and you guys can kind of commiserate about some of those experiences. So, um, mine is when you're in a group setting, a handful of people, like any like five plus people, where you're just like all having a good time, shooting the breeze, you're around the fire, whatever it might be. You're just like this is awesome. Where I'm, conversation is hot, things are just going, and then out of the blue. Somebody in the group keys in on you, and they're like, oh, Harper, this this happened to me. And they're just like all of a sudden have this side conversation. And then they're like, check out this video. Look at this video. And it's a two-and-a-half-minute-long <laughs> video. And you're like, you have killed all momentum of this group dynamic that we have situated ourselves into right now. I hate that so much. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the freaking worst where it's like, no, just enjoy the atmosphere. Be involved in the conversation. We're all having a good time. It's fun. Like everybody's contributing. And then all of a sudden you just like hit the speed bump, pull me over to the side of the road and just say like, hey, just you and I talk now for a little bit. It's like, no, I didn't come here for this. I didn't come here for this. Kill the vibe. So specific. The vibe almost, killer. Almost like it's happened. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened to every single oh, one of us. Tell, tell me that hasn't happened to you. You're not sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's not. the worst. When somebody is like, watch this video, and you're like, this video's four minutes long. Yeah. I, I don't, don't, but it's I'm, funny. It's funny. Watch <laughs> yeah, to the end. Like, watch to the end. It's no, funny. Right? I'm sorry. Oh, it's five no minutes long. Honestly, yeah. I feel, I feel like I get that sometimes when I'm at a party and I get some like really, really intense football guy coming up to me and I'll come up and be like, so. You know, what do you think about the Saints this year? Like, what do you think about yeah, the Patriots yeah. offensive line this year? And I'm like, like, I would love to talk to you about this, but I really don't want to that much. I don't want Any other to. time. Well, oh. and it's, it's fine. Like, especially when it's people I know and I'm close to and like, I'm, I'm cool talking football. It's just when it's like a super hardcore football kid who like doesn't want to be social, but he knows football. So he want, just wants to talk football. I'm like, buddy, I really don't yeah. want to talk about this all night long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a, a side, it is. small that's, sliver. Of, yeah, of yeah, yeah, that is one hundred percent. That's a right subcomponent there. for yeah. sure. For subcomponent, sure. yes. All right, Brian, you wanna you wanna transition us over into the athlete dynamics? So, I'm excited for this. Uh, Chase been in the locker room, right? Understand kind of locker room dynamic, right? On first question did did you pick your locker or were you assigned lockers and locker mates i think i was assigned lockers always i don't think i ever picked my locker yeah okay now we we were assigned right in spring training but when it came to like going to our affiliates like that we kind of if we were returning we would call the club and be like hey i want this locker like give me that locker right like that was one thing however People I can't be friends with, I'm changing into people I can't be locker mates with. And it's the messy, stinky teammate that we all have and we all know who it is being right next to me. Where all of their stuff somehow ends up in front of my locker and then I have to kick it over to the side and be like, yo, what are you doing? Get your stuff and clean it up and put it in your locker. So having lived with Brian, the messy, stinky person. 100% 100% attest to how frustrated he would be in that situation. He like I've said this before, I'll say it again. I consider myself to be a pretty clean person. Brian is pristine. Like it is pristine and always pristine to the point where I'm like, 
I'm like, you know what, dude? You just do your thing. I'm good with it. We'll do whatever you want. <laughs> Man, in the locker room is its own little ecosystem. You've got yeah. the guys who, like, they need three lockers of space, but they only have one lockers. And if you're next to one of those guys, their stuff is always in your space. And you're like, I can't come back to your crap in my space every <laughs> single day. So I definitely relate to what you're talking about because there's – it. oh, man. Here, you know who it is, right? That's, that's the thing. It's like you can name teammates that you played with where you're like, yo, yep, I definitely did not like being next to him or I would hate to be next to him looking across the locker room and be like, yo, I do not want – we can be teammates, but we can't be teammates. We can't be locker mates. I agree. I have one exception <laughs> to the rule. It's when I was locker buddies with Cam Jordan. And he would get gifts from people and free stuff on a daily basis oh. to where it's like overcrowding his locker. But on a daily basis, maybe on a daily basis, a weekly basis, he'd be like, Chase, you want this jacket? Like, I'm not, I'm never going to wear this. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> like, it's some nice new, like, Saints jacket. And I'm like, Cam, just anytime you get free stuff, give it to me. So that was like my oh. exception was when his stuff would creep over into my area. Sometimes he would just give it to me. And I was like, yeah, yeah. cool. Oh, see, cool. those, you those draw are that the best line. locker mates. Yeah, no, no, those are the best locker mates. Those are when you draw the line and say, mates, that's the antithesis to all this. Yeah. Yeah, you just draw a line and you're like, hey, anything that crosses, I'm taking, just so you know. Yeah. Well, and it, it works because I know anything he's getting is, like, fancy. Yeah, it's legit, yeah. It's the, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. Do you, you add another you one, chase? Brian, or, is, or are we went on to Chase? Oh, people that don't pick up their dog poop after they walk their dog and they're just sitting and smelling up this park. Good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. What would you do or, if you found out one of your friends did that? I'd yell at them and throw a bag at them and tell them to go pick it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what if what if Casey was like, I never pick up Frank's poop? What are you going to do about it, Brian? You're going to be like, I'm sorry. We're, our friendship is now over, officially. We We are now just friends. We're not best friends. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> downgrading. Downgrading. There you go. Okay. All right, Chase. On you, man. Um, the first thing I thought of when you said this one, and this one might be a little bit basic, but it's like it's the slow walkers in my life. And it's not specifically a slow walker. Like I have slow walkers in my life. But like when I go to Disneyland with you, if you're like not ready to go like from ride to ride and like you're not ready to like pick that pace up big time, that I can't be your friend because I'm, I'm like, a, I'm good. like a hardcore Disney. Like when I go to Disney, I'm like, you're Nerd. not coming with me. It is, it is, there it, it is. is, it is, there it is. It is. I'm like, I'm not going to, you're not coming with me. If you're going to be that person who's like, can we just take a break? Like, can we just go eat? Like, can we just like, relax? I'm like, no, like, don't come with me. If you don't want to like go to like, like every ride, like we're going to plan the ride. We're going to it. And the crazy thing is, I feel like I know I'm the person who other people probably talk about. And they're like, I couldn't be friends with that person because they're like too hardcore about Disney. And I'm looking at them like, good, then we can't be Disney friends. We can be friends in any other aspect of life, but we can't be Disney friends because it's a very specific criteria. I went with some friends like a few months ago. I actually went for my birthday, my 30th birthday. I went to Disneyland. So I guess I am like that's nerd stuff. That's nerd status. And they were so hardcore and I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> who are these who are these like where were these friends from They're i don't even know the, uh, who I, I don't even know names but i'm saying like are they like current friends that are just like y'all are on the same wavelength yeah or was it like a kinda. specific group of people that you're like i'm gonna go to disney with them because i know they're gonna do it right it was more that way 
where gotcha. I like, like we would talk about it a little bit here and there and they would kind of put out these fields, like kind of make these comments <laughs> about, you know, I'll go to Disneyland, but I'm not going to go unless you like want to do this and this and this. I'm like, I absolutely do. Like this I is will a, go hard. This is a genre of person that you can just pick up on like at a party. Like I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm feeling like strong, like quick. moving quickly between the lines at a Disney park vibes from you. Yes. And they're like, the you are best, that way, I'm that way. <laughs> the, the best part about this experience was one of the hardcore Disneyers who came, she has diabetes. And that's not the good thing, but she got a disability pass. And, like, we didn't stop. We went from ride <laughs> to ride to ride <laughs> right to, the to ride. So I had to keep oh up with them. God. Like, I was, like, getting these the big pickles and the fruit and, like, running up and catching them. But it was that's amazing. It was magical. That's, that's awesome. hilarious. Yeah, for me yes. at a party, I pick up on the vibes of like, how are they politically? Like Trump comes <laughs> up in conversation, they roll their eyes, and I'm just like, okay. They they, they they tell you they loved the Barbie movie, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> exactly. They love the can't Barbie talk to this movie. person. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, stuff like that. Or if they're like talking yeah. about Bidenomics and how great it is for our country, I'll be like, cool. Now I'm, I, this conversation's over. Anyway, um, didn't that happen recently? I feel like that happened recently with somebody. Are you? Do you actually know that? I'm sure it did. No, when when I went, no, it was when I was with. It was when we were together, but it wasn't. It wasn't very dramatic. It was more like we were having a conversation with someone. Oh yeah, and you found out they were a little bit different politically than you thought, and it was yeah. kind of like, ah, we better stop. Like, we better yeah. just cut this off. It's like I better stop talking, or else you're gonna want this conversation to end. But the the good news is, we we all remain friendly, and it wasn't a bad. That's right. Thing. It was we a can great coexist. Trip. I'm all exactly. about exactly. That's the silver it. lining. Yeah. Well, speaking of things like that, and seeing them differently, to kind of close out here on our very very last segment. So what we like to do on this podcast is kind of bring kind of a spiritual sense back to it, like doesn't have to be like uber spiritual where it's just like boom honing in but it's more just like hey this is something i've been studying lately this is something i've been thinking about lately like a talk i read recently and it really resonated with me for this reason so something that i wrote down uh this would have been about a month ago and i think it's fascinating because we see this a couple times in the scriptures and i'll reference those times in the scriptures but and i think we're seeing a growing movement of this so to speak for one, I think a lot more people are leaving the church now than they ever have before. I think that's been growing gradually over the years. That's just my opinion. That's just how I've seen it. I could be wrong. Um, and then furthermore, I think people that have that are doing that can become progressively embittered. Now, that doesn't apply to all of them, right? Because I've, I've seen people leave the church that are just like, I'm just going to live my life and you can live yours like good for you, like all for it. And I love that. Like we could still coexist and all that. But – one thing that's fascinating is that in the Book of Mormon, it does specifically talk about what happens sometimes to people that do leave what they once thought was truth and how they react to it. And so this is what I wrote down. People who were once members of the church become more hardened against it once they leave. In Alma 2430, it says, And thus we can plainly discern that after a people have been once enlightened by the Spirit of God and have had great knowledge of things pertaining to righteousness and then have fallen away into sin and transgression— they become more hardened, and thus their state becomes worse than though they had never known these things. And then in Alma 47, 36, it says, Now these dissenters having the same instruction and the same information of the Nephites, yea, having been instructed in the same knowledge of the Lord, nevertheless, it is strange to relate 
Not long after their dissensions, they became more hardened and impenitent and more wild, wicked and ferocious than the Lamanites, drinking in with the traditions of the Lamanites, giving way to indolence and all manner of lasciviousness, yea, entirely forgetting the Lord their God. And then my question is, why does that happen? Why do people become more hardened? Is it cognitive dissonance? If they choose this lifestyle over the church, are they just hell-bent on proving their decision right by being more aggressive about it? I don't have the answer. Those are just my questions, things that I've been thinking about where it's like, are people trying to prove to themselves more than anything that their decision is the right one? And so that's why they're super aggressive about adopting this new lifestyle and rejecting their old one. I don't know. I think so. Just a, a quick off the hip. I would say so. Because they're trying, like, if they've been ingrained by something and then trying to go out of their way to change their views, right? Be ingrained and be, and then almost come aggressive, right? Yeah. On the, on the other aspect. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they also could genuinely be bitter. You know, they could genuinely believe that what they were in for a long time is a lie. And that they were screwed because they lived a life that, I don't know, wasn't true to them. I, I guess I think that's where I have a hard time fully understanding um, the the bitterness side of it. Because in my mind, there's nothing, I shouldn't say nothing, because everybody's in, experiencing sure. the gospel and in the church yeah. is different. But there's very few negatives to living the gospel. Um you know, it's it's kind of like the concept that if God came down today and said it wasn't true, I don't feel like I would be all that bitter. You know what I mean? Because I feel like true or not true, and this isn't what defines truth for me, but true or not, I feel like it's added a lot of quality and happiness to my life. And maybe others just can't say the same. Maybe it's, I don't know. It, it's hard to say because people are complicated and I feel like these situations are complicated, but I think there's there's a scenario where they genuinely don't believe it anymore for whatever reason. And I, there's a lot of reasons for that. And they feel cheated or they feel like tricked or duped. Yeah. Or they gave too much of their tithing. I don't know. No, that's a really good point. You're right. There's absolutely people that could feel that for real. And, and, and not that I'm saying everybody's faking it to some degree, but I think it's interesting that it's incurred kind of similarly to a lot of people that there is a common trend and, I don't know. Part of me just wonders, is it just because the devil is that convincing? But I don't know. No, it's a, yeah. I, I was kind of playing devil's advocate there where I do think that there's, oh, just, totally get it. there's a number of it's situations yeah. where, I mean, I talk to people about this often. I, I think it's fascinating. You know, I, I want to talk to people who have left the church and have had different experiences and I want to know like where they're coming from. And it's, you know, everyone has their own thing, but sure. it's, it's rarely the same reason and the bitterness sometimes is what's hard for me to always grasp. Yeah, totally. All right, Chase, do you have something for us? And then we can close out with Brian. If not, no worries, man. I didn't even warn you about this. Don't even stress. I'm going to, I've had some good experiences lately. I don't Um, I'll just say this. I listened to a talk yesterday that I kind of stumbled upon and didn't even know existed. And it was, Neil is Neil A. Maxwell. I love Maxwell. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like I've heard much of his stuff, but I kind of stumbled upon it. It's called The Tugs and Pulls of the World. Um and I mean there's a bunch of stuff I could probably pull from, but the, the, the main thing I got from it is that there is 
so much noise. There is so much pulling us in different directions in the world. And I feel like I feel this on a daily basis where I'm like, man, I got to get off social media. Like I got to find ways to set timers on my, on my social media. I got to find ways to, I don't know, just like just date in a way that is healthy for me spiritually rather than just being like a casual dater because I'm not married. And it just was an awesome talk. And it talks about how, there is going to, it's, it's never going to stop. Like in order to combat the tugs and pulls of the world in the world of Neil A. Maxwell, like you have to be prepared for it. Like you have to have a foundation to stand on. Otherwise you're constantly going to be tugged and pulled in different directions. And it's kind of like the concept of if you don't stand for anything, something you'll, you'll fall for anything. And I've become a huge believer in what young chase was taught about the armor of God, which is that when I'm not like, daily focused on having spiritual experiences, I'm constantly tugged and pulled in different directions. And I don't even realize it until I'm two weeks later, not having had a spiritual experience and I'm, you know, in left field making bad decisions or doing something stupid. And I'm not on my foundation anymore that I feel like all of a sudden it becomes noisy. And yeah, I just, it it was, it was just an awesome talk and a good, great testimony builder in the concept of not only having a foundation, but being able to see things and hear things clearly in a world where there's so much chaos and so much noise, where it's so hard to know what's true. And I'm continuing, I'm daily trying to strengthen my testimony and my faith because I, there's a lot of stuff I can say I don't know is true still in the church and the gospel. There's stuff I don't fully understand, but I feel like my testimony has always been really strong, but not to the point where I'm like, I know for a fact that this and this and this, I just feel like I'm, I'm on this daily pursuit of strengthening my testimony and my faith. And I try to go about it in a very honest way. Cause I don't want that confirmation bias. Right. I, I think right. it's also important that we as members of the church, if we're going to go look at it the other way around, I don't want to believe something just because it's the organization I'm a part of says it's true. And I mean, it's good to follow the prophet, but I want to gain my own witness of everything. Yeah. And that's just kind of how I am. Which is what and the has been telling us lately. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I love it. I love, yeah. oh, I love Nelson, man. He's awesome. Um, and so I, I think that's the only way to avoid being tugged and pulled in every which direction the world chooses is to have like this solid foundation and then to continually add to it by having these spiritual experiences personally and not just leaning on, well, the church said this, or this person said this, it's kind of like a political party. It's like, I'm more conservative. Let's say the conservative party said, well, this is who we are now as conservatives. I mean, imagine if I was just like, yeah, okay. Regardless of whether or not I, I completely believed it, it would make me kind of a fraud because I'm not really deciding for myself if I believe it or if it's true. I don't know. You're I'm more tribal than personal. Here. No, 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 I get exactly, what you're saying, though. Exactly, it's like yeah. you're more about the tribe than you are about your own personal beliefs. And yes. a lot of people do that that are insecure. And I, and I think that ties back to something that I've talked about before, which is, you know, when we just want to fight with the other side and not try and actually just believe what we're fighting for, 
And if we basically if we start to love the fight more than the actually what we're the values that we're defending, then we've lost ourselves. Well said. Yeah, very, that. very well said. And I guess to tie a bow on mine, the, the, the whole thing, the whole experience I had while listening to this talk was I want to be someone who is able to hear and identify truth. And in my mind, that's through Christ. That's through the gospel. And that's through having that foundation and continually building it upon it. Because I don't think Absolutely. anyone's immune to the tugs and pulls of the world. I think we all are like at risk. And I, yeah, that, that was a, that was a cool moment I had this week with the talk. That's cool, man. Love it. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. All right, Brian, close us out. Um, so I, over the weekend, I went, I went back home uh, to Vegas, uh, over the weekend and I had a uh, youth fireside uh, talk that I had to give. Um, and it was just, it was kind of the same kind of spiel that I've given, but it, it was, it was cool to have more of a youth audience um, about my conversion, things like that, coming back to the church, getting back active, being able to, you know, to have a temple for the first time this year. And it was just really cool because I had a handful of parents that were there as well. Um, and one lady individual, she came up to me after and she's like, I absolutely loved your story. Like, and I have such a <clears throat> deep respect for your parents for never giving up on you and just loving you no matter what. She's like, I've had family that, that have struggled with their testimonies and, and their, you know, their children, my children have struggled as well. And like, that's what I've always tried to do is just love on them and just, you know, always be accepting no matter what. And it was just really cool to kind of see that and just realize how blessed I am to have the parents that I have for loving me and, and, you know, to the, you know, from the beginning to the end, like it doesn't matter, you know, and, you know, they were always just there because I was, I was their kid and, and, you know, the love that they showed me. So it, it was a really cool thing just to kind of experience you know, or, you know, share my experiences with the youth, but also have that experience of, you know, realizing how, how lucky I am to have the parents that I have. So it was really cool. Well, as somebody that's met your parents and rubbed shoulders with them a few times, I can attest to that. I can love that. Ron and Sherry, man. Great, great people. <laughs> yeah. I well, appreciate it. I appreciate both of you guys, Chase, especially for taking the time. I did not actually think we would go this long, but thanks for taking the time and joining us on this podcast. We'd love to have you back if you would join us yeah. again at any time. I'd love to be back, man. It was a blast. You know I like these kind of conversations and this kind <laughs> of right. stuff. I love it. That's right. All right, brother. That's awesome, well, Chase. Thank, thanks so much, man. I, I had a blast you know, talking, obviously, athlete to athlete, things like that, and different mindsets. But oh, it, it's all oh, the so same. Not, it's so not, same. not for me, meaning. Like, I mean, I just have to sit to <laughs> no, the side cool and just to, enjoy it, the show. It, it's cool to have, because I, I wasn't active when I played. Right? I'm like, so sorry I can't like, provide awesome <laughs> conversations for either of <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll go toe-to-toe. You, I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any of you on the pickleball court. I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any of you. <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm just Make kidding. I love no, you guys. I greatly appreciate it, Chase. You, I loved the insight awesome both of you guys brought to that. Seriously. Yeah. Appreciate it, you guys. It was, it was fun. Awesome. I enjoyed yeah. it. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for checking in, everyone. If you liked what you heard today, I ask super quickly if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, tell your friends about it. All of that stuff helps me quite a bit. Watching the growth has been super humbling and motivating to keep going. 
and I could not possibly appreciate all of you more. Sitting on my table, I'm watching as everything's changing my mind. Go to a different time. Old love, I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley and a rhythm in the night. Cause I could almost see it. Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time.